This is Kevin. And this is Ron. And this episode of Your Valuable Home is brought to you by Provia. Provia, a faith-based company that makes entry doors, storm doors, patio doors, vinyl and wood-clad vinyl windows, vinyl siding, manufactured stone, and metal roofing, all of incomparable quality. Welcome to Your Valuable Home, the weekly podcast for listeners who believe that residential real estate is the way to build wealth. Hi, I'm Kevin Kennedy, a working contractor and host of Your Valuable Home. Your Valuable Home is for homeowners and investors alike who want to acquire and improve real estate based upon educated decisions. And I'm Ron Milk, Your Valuable Home producer and co-host. Our weekly one-hour podcast is not about doing it yourself. It's about hiring the right contractor to do the right job at the right price. And it's not about flipping. It's about buying and holding to build wealth. Homeowners and investors strive to create wealth and financial freedom with real estate and avoid costly home improvement mistakes. Your valuable home is for you. The Project Replay made redoing our kitchen and bath trouble-free. Your horror stories have kept us from hiring the wrong contractors. The college segments have taught us how to keep toxins out of our home, what to look for in replacement windows, how to borrow sensibly against home equity, and more. College teaches investors like me how to freshen up my rentals without spending a fortune. Their suggestions are great for ROI. It's time for Your Valuable Home. All right, Kev, another show and another replay. What do we got in the replay? This is somebody who's finishing their job. We are it? done. Yeah, yeah okay, we are done. Terrific. We had them on, uh, her and her husband on several times, uh, walking through the process of how things are going. And uh, I, I think one of the things that I'd like to talk about, because I've officially seen it, was the table that we had custom built that she designed, and it looks great. So we have Courtney coming on talking about her kitchen, bathroom, and windows. We are done, and it's all put together, and we ask her what... She likes about everything. So, Courtney, uh, let's yeah. talk about it. What can I say other than that? I would say that the transformation exceeded anything I could have imagined it would have been. When it all finally came together, it was worth the wait. Kevin talked about that table. The table that extends out into our, what was the old family room that didn't get any use given our new family room in the addition. It has created a use for that space that is just beyond what I could have imagined. It is a table we will eat at every day. It is a table where my kids sit and do their homework. It is a table where I will have parties and have people, mm. you know, gathered around. And the fact that it's right next to the wet bar now and has a fireplace right next to it makes it all the more better. And the kitchen itself is just so functional. It feels like such a bigger space, even though Kevin will tell you, we didn't really expand the footprint at all. The only thing we did, Kevin, right, was we closed off about a foot of the opening. So we got that extended cabinet run. And one of the things we did was we moved our island down in the kitchen away from the entry point where you walk into the room from our mudroom. And I think just having that additional two feet of space really helped open up the kitchen and just makes the flow so much better, which the woman that Kevin had us work with on our design ensured us would be the case. It looked a little weird when we just had the island there and we second guessed ourselves, but she was right. It's just really all fantastic. The bathroom upstairs is great. The kids love it. We had a custom closet put in and that was great because now we have full functionality and the use of that linen closet for kind of the whole house's extra stuff. And the windows... We had those done as well. We had five new windows put in the front, including a big bay window in our dining room. And it all looks great. We're, we couldn't be happier with the work that Kevin and Dave did and with the project itself and how it turned out. Yeah, usually they always say Dave first. <laughs> the work that Dave and Kevin did. 
Well, that is fair, Kevin. I could put Dave first for sure. I'm not saying anything. I'm going to completely agree He's with you. He's a more memorable character with that hair. He does. Yeah. He does. Yeah. I, somebody actually told me just recently, uh, one of the ones who's actually on the promo of the show every day, she said, you know, you and Dave are like the dysfunctional property brothers. <laughs> She said, you guys, because we've been together so long. That's a good description, actually. So they always said that, uh, you know, it's, Dave's the fun and dysfunctional between <laughs> us. So, yeah, that's, uh, but that's Dave. Yeah, that's Dave. He gets along so well. And I tell you, Dave, is, he just wants to work. That's it. And when I said we're going to be there seven days a week, we were there to get it done. And that's what we were there for. But with Dave being there, it just made it a lot easier. But he always gets friendly with all the customers. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's in PR. He's in PR. Well, I will say there was a certain comfort in the regularity of knowing that Dave was going to be at my house every day at 7 a.m. It screwed up my circadian rhythms in terms of sleeping, but it provided me with a level of assurance that if I had an issue or if I was concerned about something, Dave was going to be there and I could ask him and, you know, he could come to me with any questions, although he didn't really ever have any questions. They were all driven by my own questions. <laughs> I, I've got a question for you. It's in your situation, a little unusual because you actually became part of the home improvement crew in essence, right? Describe the feeling you've got now. Is it self-satisfaction that you played part in it and uh, it came out the way you envisioned it? I didn't consider myself in that way until you said it, but quite honestly, I think that's a big part of it. I love it so much, number one, because it looks fantastic, but it is so functional. And that's what we wanted when we designed it. That was the goal. The goal was to create a huge gathering and multi-use space mm -hmm. for that table. And that's really what it turned out to be. And so I think part of the satisfaction is the hand that I had in designing it. But I think part of the other satisfaction that we're feeling with the kitchen overall is that I forget, you know, how much in terms of the snafu that we had with our courts. But ultimately, you know, when our courts was ready to go in, we had to go start from scratch and pick a whole new quartz color. And we didn't have a designer as part of this process. My husband and I chose everything together. And so that was a little stressful for us because we had to pick a new quartz color. And then we hoped it was going to match our backsplash. And I think just seeing the, the final look and how the colors all went together so well, we're kind of really proud of ourselves. We, thought, we feel like we did a good job. I love it. That's so. what I was striving for. It's got to be a different feeling for you than it is for the average homeowner who isn't that participatory. Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah we were very personally invested in it. And Kevin will tell you that because I yeah. probably drove him a little bit more nuts than the average homeowner, too. <laughs> I called her the email and text queen. I always got emails just to, and she said she very well micromanages everything because I'm very good with the communication. Hey, this is what the schedule is. We're going to hold to the schedule and I just want to make sure homeowners know. I'm going to degree communication is definitely a foundation for anybody doing oh, anything absolutely. today. And if you did have options, like we, when, which you brought up about the table, Dave's looking at the table and he's looking at the plans. Now the plans, it was a lot shorter that was set on the plans. So Dave's like, listen, I, I think we can get this bigger. So we called Kathy, our designer. What was the maximum we can shoot for? Because we wanted to extend it because Dave thought this, that it could be better for the homeowner if we can extend the side of the table to make it larger. And mm -hmm. Dave just is envisioning something that since we're there working, we can go to the homeowner, we can go to the designer and see if this works anyway, so that we increase the table size to what we can max-wise. And mm -hmm. that maximum depth that we got in there made a huge difference. But it's nice that if a homeowner can work with the contractor and just deal with them every day and communicate well, I think it's a better 
for anybody that's going to oh, be getting work absolutely. done. absolutely. No question about it. Yeah. It's great to hear that you are so happy with the end result. We are. We're absolutely thrilled. And, you know, look, you have bumps and throughout the process, which, you know, none of which were due to Kevin and Dave. I will say, you know, one of the things that was really great during the whole thing and is just the level of service. I know Kevin talks about it a lot. What I would tell you is it's true. I mean, I myself am in a service oriented business. And so for me and for my clients, right, responsiveness is paramount. And so that was the one thing I felt like I always had with this project with Kevin and Dave. I mean, if something went right, if something went, you know, a little bit differently than we all anticipated, the comfort was in knowing that Kevin was on top of it and he was going to be responsive and I was going to know what was going on quickly and promptly. So that was really just great. Ron, to give you an example, so yesterday we were just getting the appliances installed and just had a quick question. So basically what I always said, because we were big movies people, we like the 80s movies, and I said, we're sending the wolf over from Pulp Fiction. He takes care of all the problems. So once I said, hey, look, the wolf's coming over, and I know you gave me the thumbs up, you're, you were good with that, because once Dave gets there, he can do anything anyway. But I'm sure it made you as a comfort level feel much better. Yes, that's true. But uh, yeah, that was just, it, it's a nice thing just dealing with homeowners that you can just communicate with and have a great time. I mean, that's the whole thing. If I, I tell people this, if you're going to be happy with the contract, and don't feel right about it from the beginning is probably going to go wrong because things can happen like it happened but how good can that contractor adjust to make it better for the homeowner i mean bottom line it's for the homeowner it's not for you it's for the homeowner to make sure they get done done right and i even remember when i said everything's going to work out once the granite gets taken care of we'll come in right after and now that we're at that point the stress is gone and you're enjoying your kitchen you're probably going to forget about it at this point when that happens and, and you've got to make a correction like on the spot like that and order a new piece how long does it take is it really throw them off uh it, it was i mean it was about two weeks it, it was during the holiday also oh which yeah, really just yeah. put a little wrench into it. but other, yeah. other than that it was maybe according to about two weeks time delayed from the the quartz company to come out and then reinstall it yeah i think it ended up being three weeks because of the holiday correct because we were supposed to have it in on the 19th in december and we didn't get it till the 11th of january wow. but okay. once it came in on the 11th of january i mean back when we found all this out on the 20 2nd of December. I mean, Kevin already had everybody lined up on the 22nd with, you know, it's going on the 11th and then you're here the 12th and you're here the 13th and then we're done. So it all works great. Out. It all worked yeah, out. It worked yep. out. Okay. Yeah, right. I just need the date so I can adjust my schedule to, and with me, well, I'd say me, Dave doing so much of the work because there really wasn't, like I said, a lot there. It wasn't so much, it was a lot of moving parts. And once the moving parts for me are done, then we can just kind of fill in the gaps. Mm -hmm. But I just needed those parts to be in place, which is when's the granite going or the quartz going? Right. Because I don't do that. So the company that did it, I need to work off of that schedule. So just give me that schedule and I'll work extremely hard to make sure that we stay onto that schedule. Yeah. So in your business, logistics has to be a big part of what you do. For me, it is. Yeah. yeah absolutely. I'm not yeah. the one that's going to sit there and say, oh, well, listen, I, in the next couple of weeks, I'll send somebody out to finish the painting. I'll send somebody out to, no, it's get it done. Homeowner wants to be done. So if I have to work a little bit harder, I'm going to do it. And that's why we stay so busy because we got to make sure the homeowner's taken care of. That's my whole thing. If, if you're a contractor and you want to be in this business, make sure the homeowner's first. Okay. Don't go back and just start doing jobs and running around take care of the homeowner courtney you really want to get into listening to this for two reasons number one you got your signature on this project number two the feature today is the last in our coolest neighborhoods in america and we're doing frank lloyd wright structures in buffalo new york that are absolutely drop dead gorgeous they are gorgeous so you want to hear this whole show that's cool i'll look forward to seeing it and i'll be sure to send kevin some of my photos which i'm sure will not compare at all to the frank lloyd wright but i feel pretty 
pretty good about them. I don't know. I don't know. You and you and you and Frank Lloyd Wright are. I'm, it's neck and neck. Neck and neck. There we go. There we go. Yeah, it is a great design. Everything really worked out color wise. I believe me. I would have. Dave would have probably said something also. But we all love the colors. Everything you did because it's your home. It's your first choice. And even though it's, you always think that hey, you had to change the color, it's still the right choice because you still made it and you're happy with it. That's mm-hmm. the key. Right. So bottom line for our listeners, just to make sure that you know when you're doing something, just make sure you're happy with everything you do. You have to live with this kitchen for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, enjoy your kitchen, and uh, we're looking forward to the party and golfing together sometime when it gets warm. Sounds great. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Congratulations. Hey, Kev, we got John Gallagher back to talk about Horror Story Continued. Continuing. Continued. Well, we talked about it over a couple weeks with the replay. Uh, His daughter came on, then he came on talking about some of the issues that they found. It just doesn't stop. So the continuation of it, but, I mean, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. It looks and like this was a, this was a, let's just reframe it a little bit. It's a, a whole house makeover, essentially, right? Yep. A twin house. It was a twin house that they hired somebody to do a job who was not even below quality. It was so poor that it basically had to be redone. Some of the things that I, because I, I actually physically, because it was local enough that I can go out and see it, were so bad that I just couldn't believe somebody in the business would be saying, hey, listen, I'm a contractor. I can do this. Take your money, rip you off, and still feel good about it, not giving the money back. So we had John on working with him to try to get him whole again. And I believe we're working in the right direction, but it's just so many plethora of mistakes the guy made. You uncover one thing, you find another thing, right? It, it really was. Okay. Yeah, it really was. And it's uh, the guys he brought in. So John's on the air. John, hey, thanks for doing this and coming on and talking a little bit more about the issue and finding out where we are at with this project now. Are you frustrated at this point, I'm presuming? Yeah, I mean, but I, I would say we are in a much better spot. Two, three weeks in, I should say. The framers that you brought in, that you uh, introduced us to, we did literally reframe the entire house. So it's all been reframed, and that was over two holidays as well. So it's been reframed. A lot of the electrical's been redone because the where the framing was, we had to take that out. We filled up an entire dumpster with all the framing and all the wood that we took out. So it was just a complete waste. Money, yeah. Uh, to see all that. I think the one thing that kind of stood out for me, kind of being a novice in this whole thing, is that not understanding the codes and then having you know the building inspector come in and tell us what would make code and what needed to change, as well as one of your framers who really understood all the codes. I think that was probably the most eye-opening thing to me, is just to understand what was wrong and how it didn't need code. So, in other words, it all had to come out. So you're saying uh, a novice. I, I was thinking, was it you or was it the contract? Because he didn't know the codes either. (laughs) Yeah, he didn't know the codes either. Correct. He didn't know the codes either. And, you know, and, and it was simple things that, hey, this is frame wrong because the door opening has to be a certain way to make code. So the framing would have to come out in order to make it so that we could have a door that would meet code. And that would just carry into the wall that was leading up to the doorway because if the wall would have stayed, it would the door wouldn't be wide enough for code. It was all these things that just kind of kept comp- compounding. And then, of course, then the electrician gets upset because his wiring's been removed and we're going, yeah, but we had to change it in order to make code. And, you know, obviously we're willing to pay you to rewire it, but it just, it's just a compound of frustration. Yeah. Usually if you have like something like that and you have to go back through steps, you think you're at step five, but you got to go from five, four, three, two to one to zero. And you're wasting a lot of money. You're wasting a lot of time annoying everybody. It's just like, who needs this? You know? Yeah. And, and I think the other part of it too, that was frustrating for me is that 
for instance, we have new windows going in upstairs. And leading into that, there was where the second floor bathrooms to go. The exterior wall had, you know, I, I guess it almost looked like a paneling that might have been painted over the years. It's warped. It's showing water damage. Kevin saw it. You know, we said, hey, rip this out. Let's take a look at the framing behind it. it tore it out. Obviously, the framing behind it was rotted because the windows had been leaking for years. We ended up reframing all that. Well, again, I'm going, how is it that wouldn't have been a priority? You know, sure. We all can sit there and look at it and go, that wall needs to be removed. There's clearly an issue here with the water damage. And it wasn't even a priority. It wasn't even a wall that was being addressed in the beginning of the project. So we ended up tearing that out, You know, framing, having it framed out for the new windows that are to go in. But again, to me, it was you know kind of going back to when I talked to you guys before, there was a deck being built. And yet the house internally was a problem. That's the other part of it that's frustrating. It's just the not seeing aesthetically what needed to change, knowing, hey, there's probably mold, there's probably rot behind this wall. We should tear this out. This should be a priority. And it was not even a priority. Well, I think the way we, he started to do the deck, because the way it was written in the contract was if he got part of the deck done, he can get more money out of you. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. I think so. Um, shakedown. And it, it, it's, it's horrible for people because they put that leap of faith that this contractor is doing the right job. Now he's collected so much more money than the work that was performed. Now at this point, where homeowners were saying, all right, you get to that point, but everything he's done was wrong in the beginning. So now the homeowner, as you said, you got to rip everything out and redo it, do it correctly. And it's nice at least he got a permit, but my foreman was down there just looking at things. The permit just said for deck only. It's a deck application only. So I still, I'm going to look into that for you when, when we talk to the attorney and, and find an avenue because I still like to know it, it's not hitting where I like it to. It was too much money. He applied for just the deck and it says it right on there. So I want to go back in further to see if the, well, your new guy, actually, I know he re-got the permit for everything, but just to make sure that I was done from the beginning or did he scam you that he took all that money and just put a deck down and didn't do the inside? Yeah. And I, I agree with you. I think when we get to that phase, we that's something we need to look into for sure. But I, I would say this, I mean, the good news is where we've had rough carpentry inspection done last Friday. We had the electrical inspection done. This Friday, we're getting HVAC and plumbing done and insulation starts Tuesday next week. So, so we're getting there. Yeah, we're, moving, we're starting to move along. Um, the staircase has been um, ordered. That's two to three weeks out. Drywall. So we're moving forward. But realistically, I think we're probably, what, still April? Probably at this point because there's so yeah. many moving parts you have to what, put back together. Total yeah. fix for a total fix? That's just the inside. Oh, boy. The hardest part for us where we had to begin because if we had to rip so much out to start over to get him back to whole because we had to get to the inspections. We can't go anywhere without getting the inspections done done correctly. Mm -hmm. If you don't do that from the beginning, all that money that he put out has been wasted and has to redo it again. And that's what people don't understand when they're entering a contract. If you don't ask questions from the beginning, this is where you're going to be into it. I know we talked about it. It's not to beat a dead horse, but it just alleviates some of the problems if you just ask the right questions. John, I sent Ron the, the contract. It was the last show that we did, and, and you love reading. And you I said it put me to sleep. <laughs> and it, 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 was, it was so much non-specific stuff in there. It's like, oh, my God, what is this guy trying to say, you know? And was he just trying to smoke somebody, you know? I, I didn't even get to that part. I was The first thing I was looking at was, what's he doing? Hey, I'll put a floor in. What floor? <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm doing you know, this bathroom. Well, what are you doing in the bathroom? Hey, I'm putting windows that's, in. That's what I mean by non-specific. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, there was nothing there. And for homeowners, they, they should be asking so many questions on what are you putting in? Like even the deck, it was it was just everything's vague, so you don't yeah. know what the allowances and or what they're putting right, in. Right. So they can go, oh, did you want something more? They can always do the gotcha. 
And then to ask for all the money up front, because he's well into payment into this, for getting nothing done. So there, these are questions that we, we tell homeowners. And when they, they contact me and they say, Kevin, we love the show. But we didn't know what you said. Uh, well, what do you want me to do? So basically what I tell people at this point is what John's going through, having to rip everything out, redo it back to code, and then get the inspections and go through all this aggravation and money that they're going to spend from the beginning. By asking the right questions from the beginning, you minimize these problems. And I know you and I talked a couple of times on like how to get the jobs done quickly is because we're well organized. I don't, I don't know that you would. I mean, that's a good rule of thumb, Kev, but I don't know if you would because if, if, the, if a guy is, if he doesn't know what he's doing, that's one thing, okay? And maybe you can catch him up front. But if he's really trying to scam you, and you ask a lot of questions up front, he's going to find uh, a way to get around those answers, too, if he's trying to scam you, right? True. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So it's it's a good preventative measure, but I don't know if it'd be foolproof if the guy is really trying to scam you. Right, minimize. That's why I keep saying yeah. it's going to minimize yeah. a lot of the problems because you just never know. I mean, mm-hmm. look, contractors, I, I, I get it, you're all in business to make money, but you still got to take care of the homeowner. And if you don't know what you're doing, why are you in this business? And that's what I can't understand. It's like, he had absolutely no clue what to do. I look, and I know he stayed at a Holiday Inn. He felt great about himself, but he didn't do his job and didn't even do it to code. And even some of the stuff he was building, like, what, why would you even do something like this? That deck we talked about in the last show, it extended on the ledger board. Now, that ledger board was attached to a rotted part of the house, and there's no support at that corner. So I no. want to know how. So you could have a big party on that deck, and people go right down. Pretty much what's going to happen. So all this additional work that's got to be done, it's going to be more difficult because the, the framing of the deck is built already. And then we talked, I, I don't think we talked about the doors. We're, we're putting new Provia sliders in. And then these sliding, I don't know what he did, but he put a board at the bottom to raise it up. So you have a, a pressure treated board. So you're going to finish flooring. And about eight inches prior to this door is a pressure treated board. And then the door was installed. And then on top of that, the door is installed and it's leaking. So what are you going to do? Have a finished brand new kitchen and finished floor and have a pressure treated board sitting on top of there that you're going to be maybe, exposed maybe to? Maybe he thought it looked good. <laughs> I, I didn't even know. I, I just couldn't figure out how he did it. And really, at the point where I, when I was just looking at the windows because I didn't have the kitchen layout, uh, when Dave called me, I never forget this date. He said, listen, you might want to uh, re-get that window because I just had to order it. But I, the people I work with allowed me to reorder the window. The window was going to be below the countertop. So Dave had to frame that because he, he put a brand new window in. But if you have a countertop, the window's going to be below the countertop. Well, that, you can't open it so you don't even have to wash it. Right? <laughs> That's forward thinking. <laughs> so if you don't know what you're doing, stay out of the business. These are people's money, hard-earned money that you're taking and all this aggravation they got to go through. People don't need this. So let's do it right. Listen to the show. And, John, we're going to keep uh, calling you back on the updates on where you are and just if maybe you can walk our homeowners through and our listeners through the process and what you've went through so we can avoid them having it happen to them would be great. Yeah, absolutely. John, good luck with this. Isn't that a horror story? It's a <laughs> nightmare. It is. We're getting there. I'm sure we'll be talking before it's finished, but I'm hoping April we're done. All right, we'll be back after we take a quick break. Kev, is it hard for clients planning large exterior projects to visualize how the colors and textures work together? It used to be, especially when they mix products from different manufacturers. Provia's new website and broad selection of exterior products make my job easy. Clients' faces light up as they choose all the products needed to give their home's exterior a now look with Provia's product line and their amazing new website. We use their visualizer right from my laptop. Hey, the site is amazing. Provia makes color selection a breeze. The website has eight suggested exterior color schemes that can be applied to Provia products, or customers can choose shades from any palette to suit their own tastes. The Design Center tab must be a great tool for you in visualizing how all Provia products work in harmony based on window and door configuration, siding, stone, and metal roofing color and style. It's brilliant. You can see how Provia products work together on a sample home or a photo of a client's own home. 
Then you save the work with the My Portfolio tab. The site even lets me take exterior measurements. The new Provia.com and an expansive line of exterior products deliver on Provia's mission, which is to serve by caring for details in ways others won't. For updating home exteriors, our listeners should go to Provia.com slash YVH first and visualize the possibilities. All right, right now it's time for the featured segment. Again, we've got something pretty interesting. We're celebrating second full year in podcasting, and we are beginning, believe it or not, 10th year of doing this. And last week, Gary Toth from the Placemakers Guild and his colleagues were on to talk about, we're offering ideas to improve your community, make it the best it can be. And we did that last week with Gary and his people. And this week, we are going to chip in our thoughts on how to make your house the best it can be. And we're going to be joined by the incredible Donna Hoffman. So you go first, Kev. I'll go second. Donna will go third. Yeah, so what we're going to be doing is talking about a couple ideas that any homeowner can just do minimal things to or something that's going to be worthwhile that's going to be able to bring some bang for the buck. So that's one of the things I wanted to shoot with uh, one of my first issues that I always have when I, when I look at somebody's home. Uh, is a front door. Mm -hmm. Again, you don't need to spend a lot of money. It's just something that's going to really make it pop. If you have an older front door, something you always wanted to do because of air infiltration, I always tell people, spend a little bit more money because you want that pop with the front door. The front door is one of your most focal points. Curb appeal, right? Absolutely. Then we're going to talk about windows. The whole thing is about value. That's why the show is called Your Valuable Home. We're going to bring value to what you have at your house. Well, the value of just doing something because you want to do it because it's cheap or not done correctly can make an impact on the long-term effect. So you want to do something, whether it's going to be a front door, a window, you want to do it right and spend the money wisely. Because if somebody says, listen, I just want a front door, I want some new windows, I don't care what it looks like. Well, that doesn't really help the one curb appeal to the value of the house if it's improperly installed, if you're going to have water leaks coming in. Because I told somebody just recently, I said, if you end up doing a bad window job by some bad contractor, water starts (laughs) pouring in. You know what? Something came up. You got to sell the house now. You got to disclose you're having problems with the Absolutely. Windows. If you don't, you can get sued after the fact. We talk with a contractor in your local area that's going to do it right. So not just a few things that are going to be able to make your house look better, but to make sure it's still done right. I know their cost is a big factor with a lot of people today with the inflation. Well, the pick the products, too, that deliver the best value. And windows and doors, that would be Provia, right? Absolutely. Okay. That's all we've been doing is to tell you, the Provia front door, again, first on my list, when you put a Provia door in, you'll know why it's a Provia door. Mm-hmm. It looks yeah. awesome. They do, yeah. So for our contractors that listen to the show, listen, when I tell you the installation of ease of a Provia door is going to make you install just Provia for the rest of your life. That's how great these mm-hmm. doors are especially when it comes to the windows. When you see a window, you know, people know when oh, that's a cheap looking window, you can tell cheap windows. But again, is a price point for everybody. But if you really want something quality that's going to last you for 50 years, that's why you want to go with the higher end window. I mean, I've been doing the Pro-V Endure for years now. So I'm 10 and years the windows doing, too, right? Uh, yeah, those are the windows. Mm-hmm. Because when you see a window, when you see their window, it <laughs> makes a big difference. It doesn't look one of those cheap vinyl windows. It looks like a window that was meant to be there. Mm-hmm. But it's also the performance of the window is why I like to use it. Because just because you want windows and you want to do it cheap, if there's a problem, you're going to be calling me down the line. So that's why I want to deal with a higher-end window, do the right installation, because I don't want you having problems. And that curb appeal has got to last for 30 years. Why put money on it if you're not going to be happy with the results in five years from now? Don't think now. Think of the future also. Right. So then you can go, you know, as my list goes on, not that I'm uh, being a contractor, landscaping. If your house looks somewhat pretty nice where you have, 
some newer siding or new roof, you know, maybe somebody neglected their, their landscaping. Well, yeah, I mean, you can have a beautiful house, beautiful siding, beautiful windows, beautiful door, and beautiful roof, and your landscaping looks terrible, just sort of detracts from everything, you know? Yeah, well, <clears throat> a.k.a. my house. We did all new Provia siding, uh, the Provia door, that one, remember the one door we looked at there, and I tell you, it looks great. Then I have beautiful crabgrass everywhere. And yeah, I still have some progress, but I, I'm working on it. I'm working on trying to get my lawn better, but it's also the landscaping. And that's what we've been working on since we did the addition, having everything done, but the landscaping still is something I lack. And that's why it was one of the top of my to-do list because it really makes a difference. We started in the front. We're kind of working our way around as we go, mm-hmm. but it really makes a big difference mm-hmm. when you start landscaping because we still don't have a front walkway yet. Uh, we're, we're, we just don't know what we're going to be doing, but the back's done. So we did some landscaping in the back. We put some pavers in, put a new fence in, makes the house look so much better. Of it's course, complete. Yeah. Of course. So that's what I would highly recommend. You could even do it yourself. This is one of the do-it-yourselfers. It's landscaping. You know, put a plan in, put some water in it. I'm not an expert at it, but uh, I'm sure you can. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I do it myself. I'm not, I'm not a proponent of doing it yourself if you don't really know what the heck you're doing. Like landscaping, you can mess it up. If you put the wrong varieties next to each other, one grows a lot and the other one doesn't grow at all. You got it totally out of, out of scale. But I would not recommend that. I wouldn't recommend Could doing be. Your own landscaping. It, it, and it how do you plant? Are you in, are, you know, are these uh, acid loving plants? Aren't they acid loving plants? You know, what do you do? I dig a hole and put it in. <laughs> That's, well. <laughs> okay. Probably why my plants died. Hey, you got contractors out there doing windows, and they have no clue what they're doing. So why not be, say, I'm a landscaper at this point? You know, it's like, did sleep at a Holiday Inn Express. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that is some of the things that you could do. Just when I was standing outside my house a couple of weeks ago, I know it's colder in there, but I'm thinking, oh, we've got to do landscaping. It's going to be springtime, minimal cost, something I can do. As I go down the line, siding and roofing, that's kind of a combo number four and five on my list. Again, it's not spending so much money. Siding is cosmetic. It's proper installation is going to stop the water from coming in, stop the air from coming in. But if you do something where it's something a little different than normal. So I've been doing the Provia Cedar Max. It's a six inch panel, the double six, right. because it doesn't look like a vinyl siding because it's wider panels. You know, the lines people see on the house, they have so many right, lines. Right, right. We minimize that. So sometimes I tell people, listen, why don't we spend some more money and do that better product? Because it's a look. This, these are 50 year decisions I'm trying to guide you into. Yet it might cost more, but... What you look at, you amortize that over 50 years, you're going to have the product. You're going to be very happy over 50 years than just getting some cheap vinyl and saying, well, I wanted the new color, but I don't like it because of the lines or it doesn't look well. Well, Provia makes siding, but they also make ornamental stone too. And in what cases would you recommend somebody embellish their uh, the facade of their house with ornamental stone? Well, if you have the availability of, depending on projections of the house. Now, what the projection is, if you have different elevations, if it's not just one flat wall, if you have certain walls that maybe project a little further out, I would highly recommend mixing the sidings into there and stonework. So on the front of my house where I have one elevation, and again, I'll put the pictures up on social media so you can see it. I mm-hmm. did the board and batten. And then from there, I already had some natural stone that was on there. But my shore house, we had we talked about on the uh, the replay, talking about uh, veneer stone, the Provia stone. I put that on. But you can mix and match all different types because if you do just one type of siding, it looks plain. It doesn't cost any more to hang different types of siding. It really doesn't. So your contractor should be able to work with you. But ask them, how can I 
beautify my house by mixing and matching siding, mixing some stonework well, in there. Well, wouldn't you mix and match, though, like say if you have a house that's got an attached garage, which many of them do today. If you're using linear siding on the house, wouldn't you go to could you go to board and batten on the, on the garage? You wouldn't want to change it at a point where there's not a structural or architectural change in the house, right? You wouldn't Correct. want to do that. But yeah. what I always recommend with my my customers, some people like to have like multicolors, and I think that looks absolutely horrible. So what I try to do is try to keep it simple, basic, but you want to be able to see certain changes in the siding. So I have the double six for most of my house. In the front elevation, I did board and batten, but all the same color. I did timberline, which uh, looks like an outside of an avocado, mm-hmm. but it's all the same color because I don't want somebody just pulling up to the house and saying, well, I spent all this money on siding, but I see this little bit of stonework that was put up or something that just looks out of place, like a, a brown siding. It's got to look like it goes, like, it, like it's part of a family. Right. Some people try to push the limit too much, but... Sometimes when you push it, it, it takes the look away from the like a classic look to like, what are you doing? So making sure the product looks great by not mixing and matching so much in the colors, but the styles. Try to stick with the same color. And that little bit of style change, a little bit of stonework, maybe do some trim around the windows. That's going to make a bigger difference than somebody doing multicolors. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as I walk along, we talked about most of the exteriors. Now we're going to start working on the inside. So some of my things that I like to do to beautify home, kitchen's always number one. Uh, you know, most of the kitchens we do today, uh, we do it in a budget. Now, anybody can spend money, but are you going to get the value out of it? And I always tell people when I'm doing your, your kitchen, I get involved more towards the end. And what I try to tell people is, listen, I don't mind spending your money. I don't want to waste your money. Are you going to be doing this? Are you going to be using this product? Are you going to be putting in a warming oven? Sometimes you don't need to spend that kind of money. So try to budget yourself into something that's going to be user-friendly for your kitchen. And that right there, by putting new cabinets in, put a basic countertop in. You don't have to go crazy on a countertop. Where I would say spend the money, put it in the backsplash. So if your backsplash costs $1,000. Maybe lighting underneath the cabinets too? Absolutely. Okay. Minimal cost. Is that, is that expensive, the lighting? Yeah, it's, it's up there. I mean, you could be mm-hmm. spending $1,500 to $2,500. For lighting? For lighting under the cabinets. By doing it that way, it accents the beauty of the backsplash. Spend the money in the backsplash. When I tell my three criterias... When we do your kitchen, it's not so much doing the kitchen. We rip out the kitchen. We do the walls. We do this. It all looks the same. But when it gets down to the three biggest criteria, number one is the countertop. You'll start to see a good wow factor. Then the flooring, then the backsplash, which is the least expensive of your cost in the entire kitchen. It's going to look the greatest. So there's where I would spend the money. Try to get a backsplash. Again, if your kitchen's newer and you want something updated, 10 years old, and you don't want to spend the money, again, a backsplash is going to be great. What about a bathroom? Same thing. Bathroom. Depending on the age of the house. Now, if it's an older house, I always tell people rip the, the drywall down. It's going to be an ad expense because of the mold. But a bathroom, listen, there, there's ways you can do it inexpensively. You can actually pull the fixtures or the toilet and put a, a Cortec down or a, a luxury vinyl tile and then put that right back down. Simple. Cortec being luxury vinyl tile. Right? Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Keep the cost minimal. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's ways you can do it, but I like to do the full gut and redo it. Newer homes, you can leave some of the drywall up if it's not damaged. Any kind of Anytime when moisture gets into the paint or it's sucked into drywall, you, you definitely want to replace it. You're going that far of an expense at 80%. What's another 20%? Especially if the builder put drywall in your shower area and not cement board. She's right? never seen that before. <laughs> the reason why we don't do that is because I don't want you calling me back in five years saying we have a problem. Right, exactly. So those are some of the things. And then, um, you know what, the, it's not the cheapest way to do it, but if you're always looking for something different. I know wallpaper's coming back in. 
Uh, I got to ask Donna about that, but uh, I mean, she's the expert when it comes to designing. But wainscoting, just doing some minimal cost wainscoting. I use prime boards, five quarter boards, and I build boxes with a little bit of shelving in there. Uh, it looks great. And it's not that big of a cost to give you such a wow factor, like a million dollar look house at a minimal cost. Mm -hmm. So those are my top 10 things that I like to talk about that can make a difference where you will spend money or you don't need to spend money. But if you're spending money, spend it wisely to get the best value out of your house. Yeah. And I, you know, I would, I would just say one other thing. It's my own personal feeling. If you don't have a lot of money to do projects, prioritize your projects and do the ones that get the most visibility first. Absolutely. Right? And then just put it off, you know, put off other projects until you have the money and then do them, but don't skimp on the value. Don't skimp on the value. Agree with that 110%. Because yeah. I know you had a couple in mind that you wanted to talk about. So what, I do. What are your ideas? I do. Well, my ideas, my ideas range from ideas about um, rental properties and they go into kitchens, floors, HVAC systems. So here we go. Here we go. It is wise to keep your rental property looking great. I try to do it. You try to do it, right? Mm-hmm. And all the mechanicals functioning properly, but select home improvement materials and products wisely. That's what I do in a rental property. And you worked on one of mine for me, okay? Be cost conscious and don't spend as if you were putting the materials and products into your own home. That's my rule of thumb. I'm not going to use cheap stuff, but I'm not going to do the same thing I'm going to do in my house. For example, kitchen cabinets. Vet a painter with the experience to do an excellent job, and not all of them can do it, of painting the existing cabinets pleasant, neutral color. If they're not beat up, and if they're like, somebody sold somebody on oak cabinets years ago, and everybody uh. has oak cabinets. But you can paint those. You can paint them. You can, you can sand them down and paint them. I did this, and it cost me less than a third of the cost of new cabinets when when I did my rental. And nobody nobody complained about it, and it looks good. Floors. If beat-up floors need to be replaced or covered, opt for vinyl flooring using a top brand like Cortec. I mean, I'm in love with Cortec. It really works, and depending upon what you do, I would use it in my house, too. But, again, for that particular rental property, I priced a couple different grades of tile for uh, the foyer, the powder room, the upstairs bath, and the kitchen, right? And then I priced Cortec, and by far, it beat everything. Absolutely beat everything. And it's easier to install, and it's faster, too. Especially if you got a rental unit, and you want to get fast turnover so you can get a renter in there, right? Cleans up easy. Cleans up easy. Makes yeah. sense, right? That's my thought on flooring for, um, actually, flooring for your home, your residence, or for a rental property. It makes a lot of sense to use a product like Cortex. The HVAC system, I just I just went through this and I was found out it wasn't covered yet because the thing hasn't failed. If it needs to be replaced, go with a quality brand but a value-priced solution, okay? You don't have to have the top thing where you can program Variable it from speeds. Alaska or wherever. Yes. <laughs> you don't need that, right? Uh, also, replace the furnace and exterior compressor at the same time. This is something I learned from two people, from... Uh, an insurance company, and from the person that I went to for to price it out, because they have to come out twice to do it. Yeah. So why not come out once, and you probably save about fifteen hundred, maybe even more, because they're doing it one one fell swoop. So if the outside doesn't really need to be replaced, but the inside does, I would just do both of them at, at the same Agreed. time. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. You on the beam with that? Well, I do because you, you know, everybody when they when they try to save money, it's always people pointing fingers. Well, who did the outside? Who did this side? How old is that? That's the reason why it's closeted. It. So, not that I don't trust anybody. It's when you deal with a company, use that company to do everything so they can warranty it. So now it's covered. Yeah, absolutely, 
Absolutely. And if you if you have to go back, it's covered. You don't have to pay, spend more money on it. Here's one that is a bugaboo with me, with especially with young families today, okay? Inspect before you buy. In this hyper seller's market that we experienced over the last couple of years, a lot of people were going in, no inspections, offering like up to $100,000 over asking. And then you know what's going to happen? Two years from now, they're going to be crying blues because, A, the gas may be dropped in value, right? And what do you do? Don't do real estate purchases blindly. Find a top quality inspection company. And if there are dead trees on the old property, Rosemary was looking at your house for, for her daughter, right? I said, anybody look in the backyard? Backyard had about 20 ash trees that were DOA, right? So I said, that's probably going to be about $20,000, and it's not going to add to the value of the house. So I would not buy this house. That's a good thought. You got to take them down because they can kill somebody. Be aware and look around and look at what it's going to cost you to move into this place that you may love, but it might be like a house of horrors. What like a house like my house? We have the septic system. What do you think about that? We just went to a um, an open house with about 100 cars out front. I said, this is going to be, <laughs> this is going to be, this is a circus, right? So they priced this house. This is this is weird. They priced this house. I won't mention the exact price, but it was it was a, it was a low ball price, and the realtor did it so she would get a lot of action on it. So I said to everybody I was with, this house it was in it was in the early sixes. Okay, this house is going to go for eight hundred thousand or more, and everybody said, "Oh, you're crazy. That's never going to happen." You know what it went for? Eight twelve. Twenty nine offers. Twenty nine offers. Eight twenty five. Okay. And I would bet you, I would bet you, I don't know who bought it or why they bought it or what, but I bet you they waived like a lot of inspections to, to do that. Because you don't, you don't bid something up like that in that frenzy and, and cross all the T's and dot all the I's. Maybe you just walk away. Well, here's a lot of things that I, I would be looking at. Again, again, me being a contractor, but if you see one of those fixer-uppers, you, you look at the main things, your mechanical, the septic system, something big. But if I'm going into buying a house and I'm trying to put myself as a homeowner, I know I'm going to be fixing things up. I'm going to be putting a roof. I'm going to be putting siding windows. Yeah, there might be a problem with the old windows, but that's okay. The only thing is if you overpay for that product and you know you're going you in there. for the property. The property. Yeah, right. Exactly. So the property sells for, you said, five, 600000 mm-hmm. They bought it for eight hundred. Now you're going to sink some money into it because it's a fixer up. There's no way you're going to ever get your money out of it. No, you're, no you're way. Big no donut way. hole. So yeah. if you dump in another 200000 they just got it. It's like digging a hole in the backyard and throwing money into it. I would yeah. say just burning it. You know, just those, burning just it. Just have yeah. some fun yeah. and throw it away. Because throw it that, in the fireplace. That's If you're looking for a future in real estate investment, I always tell people, listen, your home is not an investment. You're paying a lot of interest. You're paying a lot of everything going into it. Now, residential real estate investing property when you have renters is phenomenal. That's a great way to do it. I agree. So you've got to really look at what you're going to be putting into that product. So even if it is not inspected and you know you're going to be doing everything, then the contractor is going to be able to fix it anyway. I got a couple more thoughts here too. This is this is something that can really bite you. The roof. Bad roof on a modestly priced house, modestly sized house can cost $10,000 or more. That's what mine cost. Mine was just... 10 to 20, yeah. Yeah, 10 to 20. Easy. Make sure the roof is thoroughly inspected. Also, if the house has a septic system, this is a real gotcha, the septic system. Have that inspected by a reputable company. Absolutely. Replacing a septic system can cost $30,000. Minimum. Yeah. I paid a lot more than that for, for my house. But yeah, that's the, the, those you need. You're going to need a septic system. You're going to need a roof. Siding windows, you're not going to need. But yeah, completely agree with you, 110%. And then here's another one. Be aware of the property taxes in the area where your potential income property is located. I realize I'm mixing income properties and, and personal residences, but 
everything, everything, every cost impacts your ROI on a rental property. Correct. So if you go into a high property tax area, i.e. certain parts of Jersey, New Jersey, which is the highest property tax state in the whole country, don't expect a great ROI on that, rent, on that rental. It, it's just not going to happen. Big tax bill will very definitely have an impact on your bottom line as an investor. So buy into areas where the property taxes are lower. That's my two cents. All right, now here is Donna Hoffman with some phenomenal, she's got a dozen of affordable ideas for adding value to your home. Donna, take it away. I just want to start with the caveat, guys, that you know, affordable is a relative term, right? One man's beer is another man's champagne. So definitely give me a little, you know, tap on the head if you think I'm going too high cost or too mm-hmm. lowbrow, right? Mm-hmm. Everything's relative. Updating a kitchen will always add value and enjoyable factor to your home. And it doesn't have to mean a total gut. If you simply paint those cabinets versus ripping them out, you can save tens of thousands, many tens of thousands of dollars. That alone will bring you a big bang for the buck change. But if budget allows, also replace those counters, the backsplash, and definitely the lighting, the lighting over the breakfast table, the lighting over an island, big, big payoff. Interesting you should mention the painting. I did that in a, Kevin knows this, I, and he works in my, in my um, condo in uh, Doylestown, right? Mm-hmm. The cabinets in the kitchen were in really good shape. There weren't any chips in them, whatever. And versus putting in new cabinets, I probably say, well, it was a small kitchen, but not tens of thousands of dollars, but I probably saved seven, $8,000 because I had them painted. I had a guy, a painter who could do them really well. So that's, it's an option that I think more people, it's a great idea on your part, and an option more people should look at. Yeah, and remember, some of the projects we're working on are really big homes where the where new cabinetry would be upwards of, of $25,000, $45,000 and up. So mm-hmm. painting the, that cabinetry is huge. And remember, too, there are two ways to get this done. You can have a painter brush it, but the better way to do it invest in a group that does cabinet refinishing. They will spray those doors with a furniture-grade finish, Mm -hmm. and they can even change out your hardware so that if you need to, they'll do some filler in the cabinetry, some wood filler, so you can really go to town on maybe some nice, you know, big, beefy uh, hardware that you didn't have before. And if you're thinking, gosh, I already have these holes drilled into my cabinetry, don't worry about that. That's a no-brainer. So updating the kitchen in that manner is huge and the and kind of piggybacking on that you know you can update your primary bathroom with the same type of idea repainting the cabinetry if you can to update it um, if budget allows get a new vanity entirely but bathrooms pretty quickly start it's like pulling a thread now you're getting into tile and, oh, yeah. and the whole nine yards mm-hmm. um, but you can do a little mini facelift on a powder room a guest room um, a primary bathroom, in, again, thinking about attacking that cabinetry as a primary strike point. Mm-hmm. And then another biggie is updating the main level flooring to one congruous floor running through your home on that first floor if you're a multi-floor dwelling. Mismatched flooring makes your home harder to sell. And by mismatched, I mean a bunch of different woods. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, owners, owner after owner starts to do their own quote, quote, thing. One contiguous floor in terms of a wood species and stain color is really what you're after. Yeah, that mismatch wood, appeal, that mismatch wood yep. sticks out like a sore thumb. It does. Oh, it does. The worst. It, it, 
it, it looks like terrible DIY design, you know, at its at its peak. Um, <laughs> for curb appeal, I love to tell people update that front door. Um, repainting it alone will make a huge difference. Update your landscaping, even new new pots out front at the front door really adds to that perception of curb appeal. So that's a real low-cost way to go. Mm-hmm. Something you can do really interior and exterior, update your light fixtures. One of the first things that dates the home are those light fixtures. So in my own kitchen, before I'm ready to do my cabinetry painting and, uh, you know, the the countertop and, and backsplash update that we talked about a moment ago, what I did last year was I updated the furniture in the kitchen and the lighting. Lighting has a huge impact uh, on any room in your home. So that's a really easy fix for you to do to add value. A really great aesthetic update on a residence is repaint. It sounds so benign, but it has a huge payoff. You repaint your residence, and, and, and maybe even if budget allows, add a little bit of crown molding. Huge difference. When you, when you get fresh paint going, if you go from a lot of chopped up rooms to one contiguous space by unifying with paint. Also, something seems that seems really simple, but it makes a big difference. You know, clean the exterior of your home, power washing, getting those windows done. Just your home will look lighter, brighter, fresher. When people, if, you're, if you are in the market to sell, things just look squeaky clean and condition sells. So nice way to, you know, add the perceived value and squeaky clean deliciousness of a home is just to do that power washing step and those get those windows cleaned. If you're staying in your home and you want to do something, we love to see clients update their fireplace facing or the facade. Maybe you want to rip out what's there and do a nice stone slab if you, you know, prefer something more modern or do a really beautiful millwork surround if you're more traditional or transitional. We also like to tell people if they want to really make more of their home, add some value to their home, think of those unused spaces and turn them into something. You know, if the kids have moved out, how about taking that spare bedroom and making a beautiful home office library or turning it into a a, a Zen uh, yoga studio for yourself? Now, the last idea I have for you, this this is not a low cost, but it's a better cost than moving. Do an addition. Doing an addition, if it's a viable option for your property, given the setback on your land, will always be lower cost than moving. Always. Some popular additions for people would be um, taking a primary bedroom and bumping it out to Mm -hmm. make, uh, make it a little bit bigger, breathe more, maybe add a sitting room there. And another very popular addition that people do is they'll expand a kitchen and then at the same time that they're doing that, they'll also be adding to their great room slash family room, or perhaps yep. if you're, depending upon your home, it might even be your li- what's become your living room. So I know additions are big bucks, but always lower cost than moving. You know what? Your addition idea has an added benefit today. If you look at this hyper seller's market and all the bidding that's going on to, for people, that, I mean, it's like a, a shootout. Every time there's a, uh, yeah. an open house. So with the yeah. addition, you don't have to go through all that aggravation. There's that. But also, once people move, oh, my gosh, guys, people have no idea how much it's going to cost to bring this new residence to your, into your taste, into your fold. Sure. The window coverings that you're going to need yeah. to deal with, 
if windows are uncovered um, and just bringing everything, all of the finishes into a perspective that you'll be happy with. And no one ever expects to have as many problems getting their existing furniture to work in their new space. If you're upsizing, what you already own is going to be too small and you won't have enough. If you're downsizing, what you, what you have is going to be too large or it's going to be the wrong size as orientation. You know, your, your sectional sofa will be a left-facing sectional, and in your new home, you really need a right-facing right facing, sectional. Right-facing, yeah. You're absolutely yeah. right. Move, so yeah. the costs once you've moved are huge. Hmm. Oh, well, you got the moving cost, you've got closing cost, you've got to pay the realtor their fee. That. There's a everything lot that nobody ever thinks of. Throwaway money, yeah, exactly. Exactly. absolutely, absolutely. I, we I'm were not, talking to our our financial planner, and she talked about you know one day if Steve and I want to downsize, which we're not looking to do at this point. But you know she starts naming na- numbers, and I said, wait a minute, you know once we get into this new residence, things are going to have to happen. So whatever budget number you're throwing out there right now is insufficient because I know it's going to need to be painted if it's not a new build, and I know it's going to need to be furnished, and there's no way everything we have is going to fit wherever it is that we're going. Look at it this way, guys. Even, you know, if you are making a move from one climate to another and you have a lot of chenilles and velvets on your upholstery now, well, guess what? When you head down to South Carolina from New York, well, now you want, you know, cottons and linens on your upholstery. You don't want these heavy, you know, northeast winter cozy fabrics. But I know I'm kind of now, now we're in a different podcast. Well, what, what happens <laughs> No, no, you talk about like a good southern look, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So those are just, you know, I, so I did everything from front planter pots to adding an addition. But I thought I'd give you a potpourri of ideas. You told me you needed a potpourri. And potpourri I gave you. This potpourri with a capital P, yeah. Now, excellent ideas. I have one question for you. In yeah. terms of the painting, and I agree with you 120%, if somebody is uh, painting, you can stay with the different uh, tones of the same type of paint, right? Like if it's like a, an off-white, but go into, if you pull out the chips, just go down the whole chip if you want to do different rooms, right? Instead of going green in one room and like your house now. No, my house is not that way. My house is all <laughs> my house is all one color. My house is all one color, except for the back room. Well, you know, you you're opening this fabulous Pandora's box in the interior design industry right now for where things are going. There's a lot of debate. Are are consumers tired of the gallery white walls? Are they craving color on their walls? And interestingly, wallpaper is most definitely back. If if you've been wondering, hmm. stop wondering. It's been it's been back and flourishing now. You know, for a couple of years. So we're seeing more of these saturated tones happening in wallpapers. We're seeing the brown trend starting to take root. By that I mean everything's not white, white, white. You're seeing a little bit of a beigey undertone and things coming out. So when people want to, when people ask me, Don. How do I get my residence, whether it's a condo, a townhouse, an apartment, a detached home, how do I get it to look as big as possible? I always tell people, you want to keep the same color on your wall and run it contiguously as much as you can. Yeah, I agree. Because the eye looks for difference. So if you do what you just suggested Mm -hmm. and you went down a paint chip, uh, paint deck, and just kept increasing the balance of color, the saturation by 10% yep. or 15%, you're still asking the eye to pick up a difference and you're chopping up the square, the perceived square footage of your home. 
versus the same color from your foyer to your living room to your dining room and, you know, and, and, and back. That's the way mine's done now. Yeah, but it's yellow. Well, it's yellow. It's yellow, but it's uh, it's not out of date, and it's it's uh, Benjamin Moore paint. So, and Donna, I don't have kids. So, Don is yet. yellow out of color. Is is it out out of color yellow? Is it out of trend? You mean? Yes. You know, I I have a very different take on trend than uh, a lot of people. People are all, always asking us. You know, they'll write us on Instagram or answer a blog, and they'll say, you know, is this color out of date? It's not the color that gets off trend. Mm-hmm. It's the way you are using it. Color is just color. Gray is a great neutral, and everybody's been, you know, bemoaning the end of the gray trend. I have news for you. The design greats like Albert Hadley, you know, in the 50s and 60s, 70s, were using gray. It's a great color. The trend happened when gray was applied to everything, a la restoration hardware. The, the upholstery was gray. Yeah. The, the furniture had a gray cast. Mm-hmm. The walls were gray. The fabrics were gray. It was gray, gray, so help me gray. To answer you about yellow, if yellow is a color that you love, there are gorgeous, tasteful ways to do an interior in any design style using the color yellow. It's how much yellow you're using, what types of yellow, what's the proportion of yellow to other color. Listen, marigold is having a big moment as a splash color. I, I called it goldenrod. Now people are calling it marigold. Hmm. That kind of golden yellow uh, can be a really, I just did a beautiful wine room for someone with this upholstered charcoal hand-stitched leather wallpaper on one wall. Oh, wow. And then we've got this banquette in this marigold color. It's spectacular. And then the rest of the furniture goes into a cream. It's really striking. So again, it's about the way you use the color. I don't want anyone listening to this to be afraid of the color. It's the way you use use it it. that can look trendy. I agree agree with you 100%. Yep. Well, as usual, we got a lot of good ideas here, a lot of good ideas that can save a lot of people a lot of money, too, okay, in terms of freshening up their home, their uh, surroundings, and not having to move. Today, it's a, it's a nightmare. Moving's a nightmare today. It okay? is. For all the reasons Donna mentioned and, the, you know, the, the bidding, $100,000 $100, above asking, who wants to get involved in that shootout? You know, it's yeah. ridiculous. You know? Also, once you're in your new home, if you start ordering new furniture, I mean, nobody wants to hear the word COVID, but sorry, gang, it's still creating in the furniture world uh, there's still supply chain issues, and there's mm-hmm. there's still a huge backlog on on uh, inventory. Or I shouldn't say it that way. On fulfilling on inventory um, promises, so you're waiting a long time for that new sofa, a long time for those new chairs, and good luck if you can get uh, new appliances. But that's another podcast, also. That's yep. another podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. well, we right will now. have you back again. As always, Donna Hoffman, you are uh, brilliant She's with the, the suggestions suggestions that you make and the work that you do. So we thank you again always for Always love it. seeing you guys. Always love spending time with you. Thanks so much. Hey, Kev, great news on how our listeners can tap into their home equity without taking a loan, making monthly payments, or piling on debt. With Unison, they get up to 17.5% of their home's value to remodel, pay off debt, buy a vacation home, whatever. You have Unison, right? Yep, paid off medical debt. Unison's terms were perfect for me, especially zero monthly payments for up to 30 years. 
Zero monthly payments. How do they make money? When you sell your home, you pay them the original co-investment amount plus a percentage of the change in your home's value up to 30 years later. How do we learn more? Go to unison.com backslash YVH, which stands for Your Valuable Home. Again, that's unison.com backslash YVH. Additional terms and conditions apply. Visit unison.com backslash YVH for details. Remember the name Provia, your single source for professional class, entry doors, storm doors, patio doors, vinyl and wood-clad vinyl windows, vinyl siding, manufactured stone and metal roofing, products made with latest technology and honest old-world craftsmanship. The Provia way. That's this week's podcast. Your Valuable Home comes to you every week on the new Pod City Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts, and all other popular podcast directories. If you want us to share your home improvement project or horror story, email me at kevin at yourvaluablehome.net. That's kevin at yourvaluablehome.net. And don't forget to tell your friends and family about Your Valuable Home, the weekly podcast that's all about building wealth in residential real estate and hiring the right contractor to do the right job at the right price. 